Welcome to Genius Leadership Overcoming Everything podcast. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighter mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their rollercoaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. If you find the show valuable, could you do me a favor? Rate and review the podcast. Share it with your network so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. Before we kick off, let me invite you to the weekly calls for genius leaders. These are interactive, men-only Zoom calls held every Tuesday, where I share short trainings based on my coaching experience with working leaders. Take time to lead yourself, to be better at leading others. Sign up with a link in the show notes. And for now, let's take the ride together. Hey, Genius Leader, I'm happy you're tuning in. Today, I am providing you the first part of the two of the recording of the webinar I did called Reclaim Your Zone of Genius. It is about defining your zone of genius, learning what it is about and what not, and then finding the ways to get into that zone and the strategies to get back to it whenever life, so to say, throws you out of that. So as I said, it's two parts. So today you'll you'll hear the discussion about what zone of genius is, the characteristics of it, a bit of different thoughts and examples on how it can look like and not. And then you'll hear two practices for finding your zone. Those are the things that I want you to reflect on. And ideally, you could sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and write things down while listening to those practices and brainstorm and reflect. But even if you're just walking or doing a multitasking, whatever, and listening to the show, you'll get your thoughts set to reflect on those things. So I hope you'll find a lot of value in this recordings. Today, as I said, it will be the first part. Next week, you'll hear the second. And I want you to challenge yourself to get into those uncomfortable thoughts to get into those uncomfortable questions and be honest with yourself because that is what ultimately improves your performance as a leader, improves your performance as the business owner, improves your performance as the human being. And that's what we're talking about. And we're talking about the sustainable business performance and sustainable personal performance that will last for long and you will not get any burnouts, you'll not hit the walls, You will not lose the motivation someday, suddenly not feeling like getting out of bed at all because what are you doing with your life? So let's prevent that. Let's not get there ever. Let's work on your zone of genius, on finding it and reclaiming it and owning it every day of your life. So enjoy this episode and I'll see you on the other side. I'm Anna Liebel. I'm a leadership coach working with mainly male leaders in tech, helping them reclaim their zone of genius. And today's workshop or masterclass is just about that, how you can reclaim your zone of genius. And for that, there will be several different stages that we'll go through in the next uh, one hour, 15 or so. We'll first talk about what is this zone of genius, what's so good about it, and why you should really work on reclaiming or defining at least your zone of genius. Second, we will go through three exercises, three practices uh, to see how you can actually reclaim your zone or first of all, define it. 
And lastly, I'll give you some tips about how you can stay in your zone as often as possible. If you have any questions during or afterwards, just send me a private message and I will uh, make sure to reply to you. So let's start with defining the zone of genius. This is the term that most people are familiar with from Gay Hendricks' work and his book, The Big Leap. And uh, he's defining that as the uh, zone in which you are actually uh, focusing and capitalizing on your natural abilities instead of the learned skills. And that creates the state of flow and it cre- creates unique and really great results for you. So we're going to go a bit into those, a bit in the detail about those characteristics. And then I would like to redefine it, the definition a bit for how I see the flow in my practice or the design of genius in my practice. So as I said, the first characteristics uh, of how uh, Mr. Hendricks defines it from his studies in psychology is that you focus on your natural capabilities rather than the learned ones. That means that sometimes it's not the most fun things that you are talking about or that you are tapping into, but those are the ones that you're given as natural gifts. And uh, you are focusing on what is given to you naturally. I'll give you an example of mine. I'm naturally able to create a safe space for people to open up. And for quite a long time, I actually used to think that it's a curse instead of a gift. Because people who I barely know sometimes would start talking about their deep stress factors and anxieties and those kind of things. And I naturally want to help people and I want to really save the world. And I felt really depressed about getting those conversations because I didn't know what to do with us and how I can help those people. And at some point I shared that with one of my friends who shared with me uh, about his issues. And I said, you know, I don't know what to do with the information you've just given to me. I feel sorry for you for having experienced that, but I don't know what, how can we, what was the next step and how I can help you? And he looked at me like I was an idiot. He's like, Anna, I've been walking around with this over a decade. I think it was around two decades at that moment. I never talked about this issue with anyone. Just being able to speak up is actually a huge relief and a lot of weight off my shoulders. And that opened my eyes to seeing my natural gift as a gift and not as a curse. And I started owning that from that moment on and learning how that, how I can actually create that space or do it in a, on a larger scale or for more people. And that's partly why I work as a leadership consultant nowadays for male leaders, because quite often uh, male leaders are not don't have this platform where they can express themselves. They don't have the platform where they actually can talk about their issues. They're the ones whom people are coming to to get the answers and to get the problems solved. And quite often they don't feel like they have permission to own their problems and to have issues themselves uh, and to be somehow weak. They need to be the ones who are leading the others, right? And this is the problem with uh, our site and what I say. And if I feel like I, I, since no, since I've learned that I actually have this gift of creating the safe space, my purpose is to own it and to actually use it for, for the good and for the better of in the world. So this is the natural ability of yours and capabilities of yours. And my example is showing that sometimes uh, when you don't act from your zone of genius, you feel like this is a 
a hustle. This is something heavy and maybe a drudge for you. You're not enjoying it at some point. But why I wanted to share my story is because I know from my own experience that if you learn how to own your natural gifts, you can see them as gifts and you can be pre- like you, you can actually feel that this is something precious and unique to you and you can enjoy using them and see the amazing results they give to the society and the people around you and also the pleasure that they give to you. And I promise you that this is a, an amazing feeling that can really guide you throughout life. Another characteristics of the zone of genius is the state of flow. And this is when you are losing time. The track of time is just disappearing from you and you're just really in this creative state where you just want to continue doing the activity, whatever you're doing. And I feel like there is a caveat to this or there is some issue with the state of flow in the topic of the zone of genius. And I'll come to that a bit later, but in general, this is an amazing thing to experience and we should all just strive for getting into that zone as often as possible and being in that flow uh, to experience it because it's a beautiful space to be in. Third uh, characteristics is that when you are acting from your zone of genius, you're actually producing unique results. There is the zone of excellence, which is, according to uh, Gay Hendricks, one level before zone of genius. And there you are good at what you do. And what you do is actually what you've learned to do. So those are the learned skills of yours. And the thing is that there you can also get good results. But because you are not following your nature, it can feel misaligned and it still can be can create the sense of unhappiness for you and lack of purpose in your life. And that was that is why Gay Hendricks is talking about that when you are in your zone of genius, you actually produce the distinguished and unique results because you are actually following your nature and you are utilizing the unique gifts that you're given. So in other words, for me, the zone of genius is the flow of living. So when you are in a state of flow, but not in, in a particular activity, but throughout living your life, throughout the days. And that's why I want to talk about the caveat about the flow, because what the f- this description of the flow concept is that you are doing some activity that you absolutely love and doing that activity is what brings you the or gets you in the state of flow. The issue to me is that quite often people just get disencouraged by that definition or that concept because they're like, oh, I I might love painting, but I can't be painting 24-7 or whatever, every hour of my my time or awake time. And I can't be just in that flow. So what's the point of even trying? And the caveat here is that uh, Gay Hendricks is talking about that the ultimate goal is to be in your zone of genius at least 90% of your time, wake time. And what I feel like a lot of people are getting disconnect from is this feeling like, okay, I have as a leader and as a parent and as a partner and as a kid uh, do to do a lot of things that I, I'm not enjoying. So it's impossible for me to be in the flow for that much. My experience shows that you can get in your zone of genius, and that's what we're going to be doing in the second part of this masterclass today. That helps you feel like you are in that zone of genius and you are in that state of flow throughout, no matter what kind of activity you're doing and no matter whether you're enjoying it and no matter what kind of challenges come your way. 
sounds like a big promise, I think. And um, I can guarantee that that is possible from my own experience and the experience of my clients. And as I mentioned a bit before, uh, what you are doing when you're in your zone of genius is not necessarily what you're enjoying doing. Like my example with creating that space for the open conversations and honest conversations for other people. It was something that naturally happened. It's not like I was coming into the conversation with that intention, but it was happening. And I didn't feel good about it because I was not in in my zone of genius. I was trying to learn the other things and stay in my zone of excellence instead, focusing on the other things that one is supposed to be doing from some point of view. And once you've once you turn around those things, this is where the magic happens, really. When you can still do other things that are your learned skills, but just because you are aligned with your natural gifts and your purpose, it gets much easier to navigate the challenges and also get into those activities that you might not be enjoying fully. So now I would like to go into the second part, unless there are any questions, please comment uh, I'm keep keeping an eye on my phone so that I get uh, catch your questions and comments, and uh, I'm happy to answer them. But if there are no questions, then I will go to the second part, which is the practical part and interactive, where we'll be exploring how your zone of genius looks like. So let's go into the first way of exploring your zone of genius, and that is about identifying your values and defining them. So we talk a lot about values in the company and organizational context when the company wants to define the values. Quite often it's about three or five value words or expressions that would describe the values of the organization. And people get discouraged or get fed up with that because quite often it is some kind of workshop with the post-its and you decide on those words and then you just hang them somewhere or put them on the wall uh, or somewhere in the document in, uh, in this internal systems. And you forget about them until the next time when it's time to review them. And that next time is usually way too far ahead. And that's the problem with the values. On the other hand, values can be actually something that you use daily, hourly, with every activity of yours, with every interaction of yours. And there, they can be super, super powerful. And that's what we're going today. Uh, going to do today. I want you to open any list of uh, activities or uh, of values on Google. So I decided to not provide any list because I don't want to limit you. If you feel like, okay, one list doesn't fit me anyhow, then you just Google for another one. And just in the Google search, write list of values and you'll get hundreds of different values. And you start underlying or writing down everything that fits, everything that you feel like resonates with you. It could be honest, It could be empathetic, it could be loving, caring, fun, responsible, maybe something about uh, your sustainability awareness. It can be whatever. And the beauty of this process is that there is no right and wrong here. There is what you feel aligns with, with you. And that's what I want you to do right now. So I'll give you a couple of minutes to start jotting down a couple of words because I do want you to get through this because I know, and you know, just as well, that if you finish watching this video, you will be like, yeah, it was good. It was great. I need to do it. What happens then? Life happens then. And you never get to do the thing. So start writing down those things right now. You might not be done, but at least you'll start. 
And I want you to start with this practice. Hey, Genius Leader, I'm chiming in here quickly to ask you to do one thing for me. If you're enjoying this episode, share it with one person who you think would find it valuable as well. Let's spread the goodness together so that more people can play within their zone of genius. And I want you to start thinking about what are the values for you? How do you want to be as the person, this ultimate best version of yourself? And as I said, we'll narrow that list down. I'll guide you through that process, but I want you to start thinking about some. And I want you to get until 10, 15 at least ideas uh, of the words there. This is a very powerful practice to do. And I want you to get most of it without just listening to me. I don't want it to be just me babbling, but I want you to really get through this exercise to feel the power of it. So once you have written down some of the ideas, I want you to give me some heads up in the comments. Just let me know that it's working for you. Or if you feel stuck, let us know which words you've already written just so that we can continue. First time I did this exercise, I had around um, just over 30 different words that I've written down. And I'll start talking about the next step, meanwhile. And that is, you start narrowing down, right? And for that, you have your list. You write, if you've written, for example, 15 words, do it seven or eight. Do 80 words, for example. Underline eight of the words that you feel like, yeah, out of these 15, these eight actually resonate most. And then start looking for patterns as well while you're trying to narrow down the list. And think, okay, are these words synonymous? synonymous. Maybe one is covering the other one. If they overlap, but they're not really completely covering one another, then look about some other word that could actually cover both of those. For me, for example, a lot was around self-care. It was about, I know that I need to take care of myself. I need to always take care of the basics like sleep, food, nutrition, movement, uh, mental exercise, just so that I am able to be the best version of myself. So a lot of things were around that self-care part. And what I did in the end by narrowing down, so our goal is actually to narrow down to three words. So after you've down, narrowed down to eight words, you go to four, and then out of those four, you choose three, or you choose some that cover two of those words. So we need to go down to three words here. So one of my words got to be beautiful. And for me, beautiful is about... Not about my perform or my my appearance, but it's really about the feeling. If I get to the mirror and think, "Why did you even get up today, Anna?" I know that means that I'm not taking care of myself. I know that I haven't been filling my cup. If I don't feel beautiful, I know that I need to go back to the basics and think about: Have I eaten well? Have I nourished my body with what it needs? Have I taken my essential sleep in the night? Am I meditating? Am I taking time to be quiet? Am I moving my body in a daily movement way, getting my 10,000 steps per day and also training? Um, my aim is to train around uh, to train five times a week. Last month has been different because we moved to a new place. So a lot of free time was about unpacking the boxes, moving the furniture around, which is also a bit of a movement, but it was a conscious choice to pause with that because I needed to compromise something for the, this exciting stage of the life. So... When I don't feel beautiful, 
I know that I need to take care of myself in a better way. And I just do this mental checks of, okay, which area have I not been taken care of in a good way? And this is an, another example of, it doesn't have to be a classical word of value for you to be able to write it down. For me, beautiful, it covers a lot of things. And for me, it's also about showing by my own example to other leaders, my clients and people in my network, that it's okay to take care of yourself and you need to do that. For me, my living my values means that I'm showing that it's important and I'm showing that it's possible and I'm given different ways of how you can do it to the others, which is very important to me. One of my clients had a word sparkling as one of her value words. And it was, again, some combination of things that she saw overlap of in, in her trotting down those values, the list. And she thought, okay, none of them is covering the others. But again, for her, it was about the self-care, among other things. She wants to feel like she is bubbling with energy. She wants to feel like she's coming into the room and the party starts. She wants to feel like she's bringing this positivity into life of the others. And for that, there were several other words in, in the value list that she felt like, okay, I need to fulfill those. I need to take care of these areas in my life to be able to feel sparkling. So I hope you're getting the, the grip of this exercise and this practice that you actually are feeling, okay, it doesn't have to be very boring. It doesn't have to be very strict. It doesn't have to be very right. Somehow, by definitions of Google or Wikipedia or some encyclopedias, and I hope that you are getting some good ideas about yours would be. I see Maria writing love, creativity, empathy. I love those. Uh, Gustav, adventure, creativity, honesty, integrity, love, simplicity, understanding. Awesome, Gustav. I hope that you're thinking about how to break them down or narrow them down to, to only three words because those are really amazing. And I see some overlap overlaps in them. But what would be overlap for me doesn't mean that it would be overlap for you. So I really hope that you're getting some idea in how to narrow down for yourself. And as I said, you don't have to be done by us before we start moving to the next exercise, but I want you to start this thing, uh, thinking process because it will already trigger something in your mind. Uh, and by you just writing down or typing down a couple of the words, it will already start setting you and wire some neural connections in your brain that you actually can continue this work a bit more subconsciously later on after the workshop. Let's go to the second one. And uh, it is about identifying your gifts. I give you my own example of the gifts that sometimes don't feel that fantastic or exciting to you, but, but I, it's important to identify them. And just as Gay Hendricks is writing in The Big Leap, it, it's only there that you can actually get those extraordinary results. And most importantly to me is that you get those results feeling ease, feeling purpose, and feeling happy about the process of getting there. I think this is the big part of the culture nowadays. There are so many people who are in their zone of excellence, who are doing an amazing job, who are progressing, who are giving value to their employers, to the society, to their families, but they're not in their zone of genius. They are not tapping into the natural gifts that they were given. And because of that, they are unhappy. 
We see so much disengagement at work. We see so much mental health issues that are coming more and more. And part of that is coming from this, that we don't know our gifts or we are hiding away from them or we're shying away from them. And I want you to take a moment now really to think about what is that gift of yours or what are those gifts of yours? It might be something that comes to you super easily and you're really enjoying it, but it could also be like in my case that it comes to you naturally and you're not aware of that. And it could be something that comes to you naturally and people are coming to you for that piece of advice all the time. And you just think, how hard can that be? So ask yourself, what are people coming to you with? What feels natural to you? And you didn't feel, never felt like you needed to learn it. You were just progressing and you were exploring. And it was more of an adventure rather than learning when you were improving that skill. For me, quite often, my work with clients starts with, and I really love the way you think. Can you teach me that? That's part of my natural gift to be curious, to be willing to understand the other parts. Even if I don't agree with them, I want to understand them. And this way of exploration and this way of living with curiosity is what a lot of leaders feel like they are lacking. And that's what they come to me with. So that's part of my natural gift. And talking about that, it doesn't mean that they can't learn that. And just the fact that people are coming with that question to me means they're also curious. So they are starting to tap into their natural gift. And that's what I help them explore further. So that's the thing. What are people coming to you with? I'll again update the page to see whether there are any new suggestions on this topic. I don't see any so far, unless I'm missing. <laughs> yeah, okay, I see some uh, comment from the first uh, exercise from Roloff that he likes 45 out of 50. You know, Roloff, here it's important to really boil it down to three. And that's why I'm saying come up with your words. It doesn't, you can even come up with a word that doesn't exist, just like we did with you yesterday in our call. <laughs> but you need to come with something that will be very easy for you to remember, very easy to check on. And we'll get to that in the third part of, uh, of this workshop, of this masterclass. But what we're talking about is we want to have some simple ways of checking. Are you in your zone of genius at the moment? If not, what got you out of there? If yes, how can you stay there as long as possible? And having a list of 45 things to check up <laughs> will be a bit too difficult. Thus, you will not use it. That is why I want to come down to three that are easy to remember, will really nail it down, and you will buzz yourself until the, you, you can be woken up in the middle of the night and you just say those three. That happens to me. And we'll be guided by them on a daily basis. This is part of our inner core. This is part of our inner compass that will start guiding us on a daily basis. This is what I want. And that's why, I mean, it's difficult to be navigated by a list of 45 values. That's why let's challenge you and let, let me really try to motivate you to get down to those three. Okay, now I actually start seeing those in the StreamYard. See, I learned something new as well <laughs> today that I do. I do get them in the StreamYard. I don't have to update the page every time. Yay! <laughs> All right, uh, I see that Rolof wrote that, uh, okay, 43, we're down to 43. And yes, we need to get down to three. And we can do it next week when we talk with you. Uh, I, I'm more than happy to guide you through that process or we can set a separate call for that. 
forward to another call uh, altogether. But yes, it's important to do- boil it down to three. Our, my goal is that it's to make it as easy as possible for your brain. I'm talking a lot about the micro steps in my practice, the power of the steps. When you break it down to those tiny little pieces, they're too small to fail. When it's, there is no threshold anymore to do that tiny step. And the thing is that success of all the amazing people you see in the world consists of a lot of those tiny steps. And a lot of those tiny steps don't make sense when they take them because they feel too small. They feel too banal, like too primitive. But by taking those steps, by getting momentum and by really starting to like work on the progress, they get to the success that everyone is talking about. And that's what I want you to do as well. And that's why it's important to have those three. I see Alona writing about the three words, relationships, balance and, leader, balance and leadership. And I love it because they are meaningful. They are general enough that I could imagine that by in any of them, you have a lot of things that you, you can think about. Like, okay, what does it mean that relationships are important to me in my life? What does it mean that I want to have balance in my life? What does it mean that I want to have good leadership? in my life and be driven as a good leader. leader. Uh, so it's, it's really great because it kind of sparks something, but it's not too difficult to actually get that process sparking because it's only three words that you need to check. So I love that suggestion. And I hope that that uh, like our conversation helped you to get to those and uh, really feel inspired by them or motivated by them. All right. I see that people are still a bit stuck in the, or not stuck in a negative way. I'm just still thinking about three uh, words. So let me know if you would like to spend more time there. And if you have any questions that uh, you want to, for example, brainstorm together, how to uh, summarize or combine several words together, let me know about that. But if not, then we'll move on to the gifts part. Now, maybe you're already thinking about the gifts part. Let me know. Going back to the gifts, the second practice for uh, identifying your zone of genius. I really hope that you, your my, my example gave you a couple of uh, ideas of what it could be for yourself. As I said, it could be something that is your hobby. For me, I get back to the childhood example. Like quite often people in this exercise are asking to, to think about your childhood. What were you doing as a child? What was really enjoyable for you? And I laugh at quite often because I think when other kids were, for example, playing with the dolls, I was creating the rules for how we were supposed to play with the dolls. I was creating some structures and arranging things. And while the girls were maybe drawing or the dreaming uh, about being the models, it was quite popular in um, my childhood uh, among the kids to, for the girls to be models and for the guys to be pilots. And while girls were thinking about being models, I wanted to design clothes. So it was something that like, I was sticking out in many ways and that I feel like I'm doing quite often nowadays with my work as well, but also that I was having some kind of managerial or leadership tendencies already in the kindergarten, for example. And um, yeah, I couldn't escape from that. <laughs> That's what I'm doing right now as well in some shape or form. So think about that as well. Like, uh, what has been different with you or how did you feel different from the other kids around you when you were a child or a teenager? And again, uh, what has been easy for you? What has been going really simple with a flow? Or vice versa, what you might not be enjoying doing, but everyone wanted you to do it because you were so good at it. 
And the trick here is some some of my clients talking about like, oh, but do I really need to get into that part that I'm not enjoying? And the answer is yes. Because if you're so good at that, there is a lot of potential to tap into in that area. And the good part about being in your zone of genius is that if you follow that, instead of spending a lot of your energy on resisting it, you can actually create a lot of new energy, fresh energy for yourself to spend on the other things. And also you get the motivation to maybe delegate some things, to clean up. And that's, I'm giving you a bit of a feeling for the third exercise that we'll be doing. But before that, before we go into that one, I want to know uh, whether you're feeling any issues or whether you're meeting any issues with this practice here or if I to find your gifts. Uh, let me know how it goes. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. For more conversations about living and leading from your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything 